For this day, if you notice, we chose special readings for this day for the dedication of the basilicas of St. Peter and Paul. And the, the readings are significant because it speaks of the life of these two apostles. One of the things I like about the Gospels that I don't always like about writings of the lives of the saints, sometimes in the writings of the lives of the saints, they hide their sins and faults. You ever notice that? You ever read the life of a saint? And it's like very short. And they did this and they did, and they were all virtuous and they never sinned. They never went to confession. You know, they never fell. And that's a, that's a, it's a wrong type of reading because even, even the saints had their faults, had their failings. But that's what I like about the gospels is that they don't hide the failings and the sins of the apostles. You see it, which is great because you see their sins and their failings, but later also you see their virtues, their heroic martyrdom. So you see that, and that's encouraging if you're struggling in your spiritual life and you're falling and you're getting back up again and you're falling and you're getting back up again, and especially in our day and age, it's really difficult to live a Christian life. So who's the, the first apostle is Paul who was a, he was a Jew, he was a Pharisee. Pharisees had memorized the law, they memorized all 613 commandments of the Old Testament, not just 10, 613. So imagine that. And some of you are saying, where are the 10 commandments? I can memorize 10. You know, think about 613. Plus, they would probably memorize the first five books of the Old Testament by heart. And they had interpretations, oral interpretations on those. So th this was a person who was a scholar who really knew the law. And Paul was zealous for Judaism. He thought that Christianity was the sect, <coughs> excuse me, trying to take people away from Judaism, from the heart of Judaism. And so he, and a zeal, for Judaism, he was persecuting the Christians to the point of death. And he went with letters from the high priest to Damascus to arrest any Christian who he could find. And it was on the road to Damascus that he had this great big blinding light of the gospel. Sometimes in our zeal, we're blinded. We don't even know that we're blind, but we're blinded. We can't even see the truth. And Paul had to be blinded by the light of Jesus Christ and fall off either his horse or his camel. We don't know which one it was. Either he had a horse or he had a camel. That's debated. Whatever it was, whatever animal, he was, boom, fell off his, his animal and blinded. And then he had to be carried. He had to be led by his hand by the hand. And for three days, he was blinded. Three days, the same days as Jesus's passion, that he was blinded in his blindness. Christ was showing him his blindness. And only when Paul was baptized, could he physically see again. But not only could he physically see, he could spiritually see this time. He could see that Jesus is the Messiah. He is the one that that they long for, that they memorize all these Old Testament passages 
and he's the fulfillment of it. And Paul, who was a, a great, had great zeal, great intelligence. So God used his natural talents to spread the gospel, not only just amongst the, the Jewish people, but amongst the Gentile people. And Paul was so, but his zeal was also tempered. It wasn't a violent zeal. It was a zeal that was full of love because only a Paul who was breathing murderous threats against the Christian is the same Paul who wrote about love in Corinthians chapter 13. You know, love is patient, love is kind. We all know that passage, or we should know. If you don't know, look it up. So he's that same Paul who was transformed. God used his personality, his intelligence to spread the gospel. And finally, Paul went to Rome. And there he was arrested and he was beheaded by Nero. The reason why he was beheaded and not crucified is because Paul was a Roman citizen. And so Roman citizens did not suffer crucifixion. They would suffer decapitation. And there's a story that when Paul's head was decapitated, that his his head fell three times, bounced three times. And when it bounced three times, three fountains came about from the ground. It's called Tre Fontaine in, um, in Italy. And it was, I, I think, around this place that there was a great basilica dedicated to St. Paul. It was first built around Constantine the Great, and then there was a fire in 1823, and a new basilica was dedicated in, um, I think, 1854 by Pius the, the ninth. And so that's our first apostle. Again, maybe someone can relate to that, to being zealous for the work, but maybe being blinded and not knowing the fullness of the truth and then having Christ might come. Second apostle, Peter. I think a lot of us can relate to Peter though. Peter is great. I, I love seeing Peter because Peter either gets it all right, or he gets it all wrong. There's no, Peter's like black and white. Either he's all there with the Lord, or he's not there with the Lord. And so Peter, I always see Peter was the captain of the ship. He was a leader. You know, his natural talents, he, he was the one who was always a leader. He, was, he always was the one in charge, and that's why he became the first pope. And here is a story in the gospel of the apostles are in a boat it's at night and there's a great big storm that comes up there's wind there's storm you know maybe there's thunder lightning and they're being tossed about by the waves in the midst of the storm and then in the midst of the storm jesus comes on the water and he's walking on the water he's not in the water he's walking on the water how many times have you seen anyone walk on water think about that i haven't seen it i go to the beach every year i haven't seen anyone walk on water see people playing in the water but not walking on water and so here is jesus walking on water now you have to you have to see that this is the nighttime they can't see There's not like lights. It's not like Thomas Edison was not around to invent the light bulb. There's no lights, so they can't see. So they think that they're seeing a ghost. They see some kind of figure on the water. 
Think about it. And the storm is, is brewing. And when there's a storm brewing, you can't really see. And so then Peter, and again, this is Peter's faith, that Peter says, he, he cries out, Lord, if it is you, he, Peter doesn't even know if it's Jesus. He said, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Notice he says on the water. And then he hears Jesus' voice, come. And what does Peter do? He, he looks at Jesus, he hears the voice of the shepherd, and the sheep comes following. And what does Peter do? Peter does the impossible. Because of Peter's faith, Peter walks on the water, and he's walking toward Jesus. But as soon as Peter takes his eyes off Jesus, and he notices the storm that's around him, what happens? Peter begins to sink in the water. It's a really great story. It's really funny if you think about it. It's, it's kind of humorous. So Peter is sinking in the water, and as he sinks, he's, he cries out, Lord, save me! He's reaching up his hand, and Jesus comes to him, grabs his hand, pulls him out of the water, and puts him in the boat. And as soon as Jesus goes into the boat, with the other apostles. And then Jesus says to Peter, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And then as soon as Jesus comes into the boat, what happens? The storm dies down. The wind dies down. And all the apostles are amazed. And we were in the storm. And Jesus has come into our boat. And the wind has died down. See, there's a literal interpretation here. But there's a spiritual interpretation also, as you can see. So, what's the boat? The boat is the church. And the church many times has storms all around it, from the world or from within also. And the boat is being tossed. And Peter is the first pope. He has the faith to come out on the water to look at Jesus. And what Peter was showing us is that even in the storms that are brewing in the church right now in 2022, all around the world, there are storms that are brewing in the world. There are storms that are being brewed in our country. There are storms brewing maybe in our state, in our town, in our schools, in our businesses. In our politics, there are storms within our families, within our relationships. And maybe you're enduring just a storm, maybe in your relationship with God. Maybe you're having a crisis of faith with God or something is, is going on. Maybe you're having a storm of sickness, of illness in your life. And what, what does Peter show us? That even though you may not be able to see Jesus, remember, it's nighttime, they can't see Jesus. They, they kind of know he's there by faith, but they don't know. And so when you keep your eyes on Jesus, even if you can't see him, and Jesus says, come, 
and you keep your eyes on Jesus, you can do the impossible in the storm. You can walk through the midst of that storm if you keep your eyes on Jesus. Keeping your eyes on Jesus gets you through the storm, that you can walk on water even if the storm is brewing about you when you keep your eyes on Jesus. But as soon as you take your eyes off Jesus and you put it on the storm that's brewing around you, in society, it could be within the church, within your family, with yourself, as soon as you take your eyes off Jesus, you begin to sink, you begin to lose faith. And so many Christians in the midst of trial and tribulation, take, will take their eyes off Jesus and they begin to sink. But Jesus is merciful. So even if we're sinking and say, Lord, save me, he's there, grab our hand, take us out of the storm and put us back into the boat of the church. And you know what will happen? The storm will calm down when Jesus is there. It will calm down. Whatever storm that we're going through, it eventually calms down when Jesus comes in the midst of the storm. What Jesus, what's funny about Peter, and this is us, one minute we can have great faith, we keep our eyes on Jesus, we're walking on water, we're saying, hallelujah, I'm a Christian, I'm going to do it for you, Lord. And next minute we're focused on the storm and we're sinking into sin. Isn't that true of all of us? One minute we can be so faithful, full of hope, full of love. You know, we want to preach the gospel, do everything. And next minute we're sinking into sin. We're grabbing things that we shouldn't grab. We're going into things that we shouldn't go into. See, and, and kind of like that Peter, that's why I say most of us could probably relate to Peter because, man, it, it, it's, and it's tough in this world. Because one minute you can have great faith and the next minute you're sinking in the water of this world of temptation and the culture and everything. So we, we have both of this within us. We have both of this faith and then this doubt that can come right, right afterwards. Notice that it's right afterwards it comes. Peter is walking on the water one moment and he's sinking the next moment. But what's great is as soon as we cry out to Jesus, Lord, save me, have mercy on me, I'm a sinner. Jesus is there to save us. He's there to save us from the water. He's there to save us from the tempest and the storm in our life, to pick us back up and put us back into the boat. And then calm the turbulence that's within our lives. Only Jesus can do that. We can't do it ourselves. We have to keep rowing. We have to keep going. The apostles had to keep rowing the boat. But we can't calm the storm. Only Jesus can. Sometimes <clears throat> we feel helpless in life because there's storms that are going on around us in the world, family, society, whatever it may be, and even in the church, there's storms, there's bad storms. And all we're doing is focusing on the storm. That's all we're doing is focusing on the storm. 
And you know what happens when you focus too much on the storm? You're not focusing on Jesus. You then fail to focus on Jesus. You lose your focus on Jesus because you're so focused on the storm that's brewing. All your attention, everything, the news media, everything that you're focusing on is negative, is only on the storm. And then you fail to focus on Jesus. Is the storm around you? Absolutely. Is the wind hitting your face? Absolutely. Do you feel it? Absolutely. Acknowledge it. Say, yes, there's a storm. It's hitting my face. The wind is hitting my face. You know, the the rain is coming. It's dark. I can't see. The clouds are brewing. I'm on the sea. I'm being tossed. You know, if you're like me with vestibular disorder, you're getting sick. You're getting seasick on there. And yet, even in the midst of all that, keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't lose your focus on Jesus. Jesus is the one who will help you. You can't, too many of us keep our focus here on the things of this earth and what's happening. Yes, we need to be aware of what's happening, but don't over-focus on it. If you over-focus on it, you'll be discouraged, you'll be doubting, you'll be complaining, you'll be angry and bitter, resentful. Don't allow the devil to steal your peace. Because that's what he's doing with a lot of Christians today. You're allowing the devil to rob your peace. Don't allow the devil to do that. Keep your focus on Jesus. If you keep your focus on Jesus, the storm is still brewing. It's still around you. It's still hitting your face. And, And maybe you're stumbling a little bit. But if you keep your focus on Jesus, Jesus will get you through the storm. You know why? Because Jesus is the son of God and he's greater than the storm. Jesus is greater than the storm and Jesus in an instant as the divine son of God can calm the storm. In an instant, he can calm the storm. That's why we have to have faith. If you have Jesus, what is there to fear in life? Even if that storm is brewing around you, keep your focus on Jesus. So lest you think that Peter is a failure, he's not. He's not. We're a lot like Peter. But do you know how Peter's life ended? Do you know how this is Peter before Pentecost? Peter is different after Pentecost. And do you know how his life ended? There was another storm that was brewing. That Peter, like Paul, was sent to Rome to evangelize, to evangelize those who, you know, were Romans, pagans, to evangelize the good news of the gospel. And there was a persecution, there was a storm that was brewing of the persecution of Christians. It was Nero the emperor. And Nero was persecuting the Christians, putting them in jail. (coughs) 
And Peter, instead of walking through the storm again, he fled the storm. He fled the storm, which is a natural human reaction that if there's a storm brewing, if there's a persecution, we flee to save our lives. And so Peter was walking on the Appian Way, Appian Road. And he was walking outside the walls of Rome, and he was going away from Rome, away from the storm. And there he had a vision of Jesus who was walking toward Rome. And there's a famous phrase where in Latin where Peter says, Domine, quo vadis? Lord, where are you going? And Jesus turned to Peter and he said, I go to Rome to be crucified again. And Peter saw Jesus going toward Rome and then Jesus vanished. And Peter realized just like in this story in his life where Jesus said, come. And Peter was to follow Jesus. So Peter recognized I'm not to go away from the storm I'm to follow Jesus back into the storm. I'm to go back into the storm again. And so Peter, with his courage and confidence, this time filled with the Holy Spirit, he turns around and he goes back toward Rome, knowing that he would be persecuted, knowing that he's going into the storm of persecution. And he was jailed, he was imprisoned, And then finally, he was sentenced to crucifixion. And he was crucified on what we call the Vatican Hill. And as Peter was being crucified, as they were about to, you know, turn him up on the crucifixion, he said to the Roman executioners, he said, I am not worthy to die as our Lord did. Turn me upside down. And so Peter's cross was flipped upside down. And he died not head over heels in love with Jesus, but heels over head in love with Jesus. For literally his feet were above his head. And that's how he died, looking up to heaven, giving his life for God. And it was on Vatican Hill that Peter was crucified. And there was the place that St. Peter's Basilica was built on Vatican Hill. That's why we call it the Vatican, because it's the place of Peter's crucifixion, of giving his life for Jesus. What's great about this story is that even if you sink many times in life, even if you lose faith, even if you have doubt, look at Peter, look at the way his life ended. Your life can end like Peter's. It may end in martyrdom, it may end in a dry martyrdom, but you can also persevere because God is always a God of second chances, third chances, fourth chances, fifth chances. Sometimes people say, Father Anthony, how many chances can God give me until you get it right? (laughs) It's until you get it right, until you learn the lesson. 
That's how much God is merciful toward us. Until we learn the lesson, until, and maybe it might be the last breath of our life, we finally persevere. And we finally grab that gold that's there that God has for us. And Peter did it, and that's what's very encouraging, is that the same Peter who sank was the same Peter who was crucified for Jesus. Same person, same person. So don't worry, even if you are sinking in sin and life and your faith, maybe you're doubting, maybe you're in depression or discouragement, even if you feel that you're sinking, you can always rise and persevere and be like Peter and become that saint that God wants you to be. Don't be discouraged. Keep fighting, even in the storms of life. God will calm the storm down in his time, his own way. Don't focus on the storm. Focus on Jesus. And when you focus on Jesus and follow him, there you will persevere like Peter did in his lifetime. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.